You're listening to Tottenstown. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Tottenstown Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs. I'm here, as always, with my brother, Tyler Staggs. We have an exciting show for you today. Before we get into that, Tyler, let everybody know how they can support the podcast. Guys, to support the podcast, all you have to do is go check out our merch at titans-time.myshopify.com. If you're listening to the audio podcast, that's titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections. If you're watching on YouTube, that'll be popping up on the screen for you. Also, if you're listening to the audio podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Make sure you go and subscribe or follow whatever it's called on there. Go leave us a five-star rating. We really appreciate that. And leave us some comments and some questions. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm talking to you now. Go down. If that subscribe button is still red, click it. Turn it gray. Turn on the post notifications so you never miss when we upload a video. Leave us a like on the video. Share the video with your family, friends, other football fans. And... Make sure, go down, leave us a comment for this episode. Let us know what your thoughts are for this upcoming game against the Indianapolis Colts. Also, we're going to be doing our quick hitters, which are our keys to the game, bold prediction, and score prediction at the end of the show. So leave yours down in the comments as well. And make sure that you're with us on social media, the ones that we're most active on. On Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. On Facebook, I almost went with Instagram before <laughs> Facebook there. On Facebook, it's Titans Time, and then on Instagram, it is Titans Time Podcast. All right, Tyler, let's get into the show. Um, we've got some new segments on the show today that we're going to be starting. Um, best bets and stat chat. That was, I was I was trying to <laughs> trying to get those together in my mind. Not this Snapchat. Is, not Snapchat. Stat chat. Um, so we'll be getting to those later in the show. Um, they kind of speak for themselves, but you know you'll get a better idea of what those are when when we get to those. But let's talk about this game. Titans and Indianapolis Colts obviously going to be in Nashville. Um, and one quick point I want to make right quick ahead, is this is Oilers tribute weekend. So okay. there's going to be roughly 80 former, former, uh, if I can talk, Houston Oiler uh, slash Tennessee Oilers players that are going to be there at the game. They're going to be the, all of them are going to be the honorary 12th Titan, and you know you're going to have players. So there's like, more like, like like ninety something yeah. times. <laughs> so and it's going to be players like wide receiver Chris Sanders, who we've had on the podcast before with us. Uh, quarterback Warren Moon. I think this one's funny. Quarterback Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's dad. Oh, okay. So and then you know just another notable one, wide receiver slash returner Billy White Shoes. Johnson okay well that I didn't know that that's definitely cool um yeah I didn't know if you knew that or not I I I had no idea that out hey the more you know um before we get into talking uh just some more generally about this game I want to go ahead and talk about the injury report um for the Titans it's a long one it is a (laughs) long one today I'm telling you um I was I honestly I was kind of like when I when I first looked at it and started copying it all down I was like holy shit this is going to be a, a lot to read and 
B, if some of these guys don't end up playing, it's going to not going to be good for the Titans. So we've got Jayon Brown and Bud Dupree were both limited in practice. Caleb Farley and Anthony Ferkser both did not practice. Then you have Derrick Henry and Ben Jones, who thankfully were both full participants in practice. Um, Roger Saffold with that shoulder injury, who was a limited, limited participant, AJ Brown, full participant, Derek Roberson with a knee injury. He did not practice Taylor. The luckily full participant there. Hopefully that knee he's, he's getting a little bit more sure minded about it. I, I hope, um, well, I, I think that was part of the issue for him last week was come that to find it, it wasn't his knee that he had surgery on. It, for the Seattle game, I it was actually his other knee. I knee. still believe, but that, it was still a mental thing I, for him. Yeah, I believe it was a mental thing because in that situation, if you have that knee that's feeling a little bit funny, then you go into the game feeling like you have to put more pressure on your other knee. Exactly. And so, to me, mental thing completely for the one. You know, I, I mean, we won't get into that because that's over and done with. But he was a full participant in practice. Tyson Brilo. Uh, limited participant, and then Chris Jackson did not practice. So that was with an illness, so who knows what's going to happen there. Um, one thing that automatically sticks out to me, Caleb Farley and Chris Jackson, non-participants in practice. I mean, two guys from the secondary there. Um, another, l- Luckily, Chris Jackson, like you said, his was just an illness. Right. I mean, he come in, really the r- main reason he got into that Seattle game more I believe was because Elijah Molden didn't have the speed to keep up with Lockett and other guys when they were in the slot. So I think that's why we've seen Chris Jackson come in. We know that Farley did not travel with the team last week. He was out. I'm going to guess he's going to be out again this week. Uh, Jayon Brown, did you say he did not He was practice? a limited participant. He was limited. All right, so he may be back. As um, well as Bud Dupree. I, I'm not worried about Bud Dupree. We've seen last week he was able to get back out there. It's good to have LeWan out there. Ben Jones kind of just has to suck it up right now because with Roger Saffold also being on the injury report, I, I believe he'll be out there and ready to go. But both him and Ben Jones are banged up, and the guy that would replace both of them is Aaron Brewer. Right. So, you know, you, you kind of get in a rough spot there. Because would you want to bring the rookie Raidens in to go against this Colts defensive line? Exactly. Um, I think that's a good point. Luckily, uh, Jones was a full participant. Saffold was limited. But both on Wednesday or yesterday, whatever, um, they did not practice. So Well, and we know Ben Jones goes through you know a lot. Like right. He's a tough dude. He'll yeah. stay out there. And I think the same thing can be said for Roger Saffold. I think both will play, honestly. I, I think they will, too. Um, then some significant injuries that I want to mention for the Colts. Carson Wentz did not practice, which uh, obviously that was expected. Darius Leonard did not practice. And that's an ankle injury for both there. Um, in my opinion, just I thought that was significant. Um, well, here's what I'm going to throw out about that. Leonard has been battling that ankle injury since the offseason. Um, or maybe even dating back to last season, and he's played in both of their games so far. I have no doubt he's probably going to play in this game as well. And but where it, it it may be keeping him from being the player that he was last year. Now Carson Wentz, I know you didn't get to be a part of this, but I went on a Colts podcast. No, I, w- I wasn't meaning it like that. I went on a Colts podcast. That's the actual name of the podcast. 
great guys. You should go check them out. They they put out good content. And I was curious about the Carson Wentz both ankle sprains because I'd only seen the right ankle sprain that where his foot got bent back up and under him. And my right. you know when I'm seeing it live, I'm like, that is not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but figured out from them that. His left ankle, he had hurt it earlier in the game, and it was just kind of like a mild sprain, whereas his right ankle is a high ankle sprain. So it it's going to be interesting. I don't expect him to play. I really don't. I think we're going to get Jacob Eason, or I'm trying to think of the other guy that they have brought I in. I could have said it, honestly, if you if you didn't um, <laughs> if you didn't mention it. I uh because I was literally – Brett Hundley. Um, yes. Yeah, because I, I was just looking at it right before we started the show, and then as soon as you said it, it completely left my mind. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with either one of those guys, um, I really like the Titans' chances, to be honest. Um, I think that Carson Wentz is – whatever questions there might be about him and what type of quarterback he is, I think he is significantly a better option than either, either one of those guys. When Jacob Eason came into the game – uh, against the Rams last week, I was sitting and watching uh, on the TV, and I I I, I, I kind of just chuckled whenever he came in because it was it was just funny. And then just a matter of plays later, he throws an interception that kind of ices the game. So. Now I do want to throw out there that for your real your first real NFL snaps. Oh, that's because, a tough situation to be yeah, to be because, thrown in. You know, yes, he played a lot in the preseason, but, but everybody knows that preseason preseason is preseason it's not so, going in on a potential game-winning drive against right. the rams you're going in under you know maybe a little bit over two minutes left but you're against a very good rams team a really good rams defense you're getting thrown into the game you didn't have first team reps all week long so you haven't been working with these guys all week and it's like okay go drive us down the field and win the game for us and and, and most there's some you have some quarterbacks that can go out there and they're like, okay, and they right. drive you down the field and win the game for you. And then some quarterbacks are like, whoa, let's <laughs> let's just slow it down a little bit. And then you throw a pick to one of the best in the game right now, right. Jalen so, Ramsey. So, and the thing going into this week is he has that full week of practice. They're actually going to like with the starters, and you know that the Colts are going to be trying to come in with a game plan to keep from putting the game on his shoulders. Like, ask him to ju- do just a couple of things. So do you feel that Eason will end up being the starter, or I, I, could I, we see Brett Hundley? I think Eason will be the starter. I think so, too. To me, that's just what makes sense. Um, he's so, the guy that's been there. I mean, they drafted him. He's been there s- since the draft. Um, I just think he's going to be more familiar with things. And, I mean, he's their best chance to, to win, honestly. Right. And I even, which I, I'm actually going to save this because I'm actually going to use it as my key to the game okay. later on. But I, it's something I threw out there on a Colts podcast of what's going to be the key to the game for the Titans. And like I said, the Colts coming into this week, you know their offensive coordinator is going to have a game plan to try and help Eason out. And it, it's just can their offense execute it because their offensive line hasn't actually played up to what they're used to. Right, because talent-wise, 
I mean, we've said it on here before. That's a top five line in the league. Very much so. And besides Quentin Nelson and maybe one other guy, uh, I know Fisher come back last week and he played pretty well for him coming off that Achilles. And it's going to take him some time to to get into the the, the mix of things. He was their second best lineman, if I'm remembering right from what they told me on, you know, when I was on there with them. And they also told me that, you know, they don't really have a lot of faith in Eason. They, they don't. And Understandable. You know, it, it's valid. Called, valid but, point. <laughs> but, and before we get all these Colts fans coming at us, again, go check out their podcast. I, I was on there with them. I was respectful of your Colts. Don't, you know, don't come at me this time so hard. The, but, okay, just disclaimer. There's, I mean, there are going to be some people. Doesn't matter. Well, you could praise the Colts this whole podcast. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that. They're going to be upset. Like, I'm, it, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to overlook the Colts this week. We know when it comes down to this rivalry how we feel about the Colts. So, I, I think but, it's good. To, to be on, I, we'll get into that later. I think it <laughs> could be potentially a close game, but we'll but, continue on. Um, the point that I was going to make is they told me that Eason is not as athletic as Carson Wentz. And I made the point to them, and this is something we said earlier in the year whenever the Titans' pass rush has been having to chase after Kyler Murray and even Russell Wilson, they were getting good pressure on these mobile quarterbacks. And I said, if we go against a quarterback who's not as mobile, that can't make plays with his legs, we could possibly see our pass rush really feast in that game. And that's that could be an option here. Even if somehow Wentz plays, he's not going to be as mobile with both ankles hurting him. Yeah, and, and I mean, the Titans were able to get the Seahawks. Uh, they were able to sack Russell Wilson three times. Right. So, now granted, the Seahawks offensive line, even with the struggles that the Colts line has been having, they are not on the level that the Colts offensive line is. But also, Russell Wilson can move around. So, I feel like that kind of evens things out there a little bit. I do think they'll be able to get back there. Um, and then with the younger quarterback, like Eason, you know he is going to make some mistakes, either A, getting rid of the ball way too early because he's nervous and scared, or B, holding on to the ball way too long because he is trying to prove something and trying to show – I don't just trying to make a play out of something. So, right. And all honesty, this game is going to come down to the Colts running backs – and, and their defense. defense. It, absolutely. And their defense, you know, their Xavier Rhodes, that's another name that you left off. Um, he may have been a limited participant. I left him off yesterday. because he, he was limited today, I believe. But And I, I just assumed he would play. If, if he can't go, that's something that's going to be real big for their defensive backs because – they they have to worry about covering Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Right. I think the Colts and, defense has the potential to play a very good game. I also feel like that there's also the potential there for Ryan Tannehill to absolutely shred them. And it's just going to depend on I mean, I know that they're a zone heavy defense. So I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there is a lot of potential there for I mean, A.J. Brown, I think. I think he'll be able to get into some of those holes in the zones, and I think Ryan Tannehill will 
likely be able to shred them, but they have the potential with guys like Xavier Rhodes, with guys like Darius Leonard, who's great in the run game. He can also play pretty well in the past some. Um, there's a potential that they could really, really play a great game against the Titans offense. There is that potential, and we talked about their defensive line. You know, they can get after the quarterback as well. And the force Buckner. I mean, that's and, really all you have to say about their defensive line. <laughs> and they ha- but they do have a couple of other guys on that defensive line that you can't overlook, but that compared to last year, they're maybe not making as big of a splash this year and taking advantage of things. But with all the pressure that Tannehill has had on him and having questions about our offensive line right now, we need our offensive line to come in, and if they can win against the Colts' defensive line and keep Tannehill where he's not constantly under pressure and open up some lanes for Derrick Henry, this could also be a very long game for the Colts' defense. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I, I mean, kind of my final thoughts, um, obviously not the podcast. We still got our segments to get to. <laughs> but final thoughts just generally about the game. Um, I feel like – the Titans' best move, honestly, and I, I know that I've kind of hated on it the past couple of weeks, I feel like their best move is to continue to try to be that dominant time of possession team, keep pounding the ball with Derrick Henry, um, use those play-action pass plays to move the zone, um, find some holes in the zone, and then once you have the run established and you get those safeties coming up a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage uh not playing so far back deep burn them burn them deep to burn them deep with julio jones burn them deep with aj brown um i just think that which obviously we're gonna see a typical titans offense that's what we see they're not gonna change things over the course of a week right um but i mean i think that's the best bet here in this scenario and they need to go in and just play their style and their game if I don't know if you got a chance to watch the locker room video after the win against the Seahawks, but Vrabel kept talking about how that was the identity of this team, that, that second half, how they kept on, kept on, kept on, and you know, finally busted Henry free on that run, but not giving up, just continuing to fight. One thing I would like to see you know, earlier in the game, because there were – we talk about running Henry on – you know, running him, making sure he gets his carries because he wears that defense down. You get the defense to come up, and then you burn them over the top with A.J. and Julio. But against the Seahawks, when Tannehill threw on first down, he was 11 for 15 for over 100 yards on first down throws. So, and the four that were incomplete were drops by A.J. Brown. I'm going to completely validate everything that you're saying right now here in just a little bit after we get finished with the best bet segment. So, <laughs> so, but just one thing I wanted to hit on, A.J. Brown had those four drops. You know, I, w- I was getting all that. Earlier in the game, I would maybe like to see the Titans throw a little bit on first down because you could essentially end up in the same situation as the past couple weeks on the first couple of drives. You run Henry on first down, he only gains a yard or maybe no gain, so you're in second and long there. Maybe first couple drives, take a shot on first down. I, I, you know, I agree. Because Mix, here's worst, the thing. Ca- worst case scenario, you know, 
granted, uh, you don't. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I, I was trying to think of the word I wanted to use. As long as you don't turn the ball over, right? That. Worst case scenario is, is it, you're, it can, it's an incomplete you, pass. You're essentially the same as exactly. getting no gain on the run. Talking about AJ's drops, he's going to come back and have a game this week. I can just yeah. feel it. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, I agree on um, completely on the first down thing. I mean, I think while I think that Henry definitely needs to be getting his carries on first down, and I think that that's a staple of this offense, I also believe that it shouldn't be predictable. So there needs to remain that balance of running on first down, but also mixing in some pass plays here and there, even if it's not play action, even if it's just coming out in the shotgun and, and getting – Maybe even just a quick pass out. Just something to keep the defense on their toes so that they don't know every single first down that it's going to be a run. Well, and I'm not even saying they have to come out on every first down, you know, the whole game and pass the ball. No, right, right. Like you said, there needs to kind of be that balance. Just maybe the first couple of drives do that and then start switching it up because, you know, you keep the defense guessing at that point. Versus if you come into the game and the your very first drive you know the team's going to be selling out to stop Henry. Right. All right, so I think it's time now for us to move to the best bets segment of the podcast. In this segment, which is new on the podcast, we're going to be given what we think are the best bets uh, for this week. Um, obviously, we're going off of DraftKings, and if you want to keep up with our bets and either go along with them or fade them because this is not betting advice. Absolutely. 100% make your own decisions and fading us in some position, uh, in some situations could absolutely 100% be the right move to take. Um, but you can do that. You can keep either keep up with our bets or fade them or a good mix, um, on DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings is actually giving $150 in free bets to any new user who signs up and uses the promo code TPPN. So make sure that you go download the DraftKings app and use that TPPN code. That stands for the Pigskin Podcast Network and get your $150 of free bets. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. The minimum is a $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So let's get into the best bets. Um, I'm going to let you go first uh, because, I don't know, just because I feel like it. Uh, and I'm interested to see what you have to say. Uh, I know you, you haven't been quite into betting as much so far this year. So I, I want to see kind of where you're standing with this. Yeah, you you know, kid on the way, so gotta no, I, got, I, gotta I, be a little bit smarter with the money. I respect the grind. Y- you do want to you do want to bet wisely. I mean, you absolutely. Got- <laughs> Once again, want to throw out there: this is absolutely not betting advice, but it's it's fun advice. It, fun advice. If you, you want to have just- fun, go on DraftKings, use promo code TPPN, and place a couple of bets this Sunday. And you know, like he said, all you have to do. Place a dollar bet on any football game this weekend. Doesn't have to be the Titans and Colts. It can be any football game, and you get one hundred and fifty dollars in credit for bets. Absolutely. So, just I went and looked at a couple of game props, and I did 
stick to the Titans and Colts game. I, I did uh, as well. So, well, that's good to know for me. But just some of the game props that it was throwing out there that caught my eye that I thought, okay, that that could be a winning bet there. The first one is for the Titans to have over 26.5 points, and that is at minus 130. Okay. So I'm looking at that one. I go back and look at the previous two games that the Colts have had, and guess what? Both teams that they have played have scored over 26.5 points. So, and the Titans, granted, week one, they they didn't put up that many points. But against Seattle, dropped 33. They're going to be at home in front of their fans again against a Colts team that is kind of down right now but has played good ball against these other two teams. So that one stuck out to me. How many do you I'm, have? I have two, and I'm really trying. I was really trying to hold back while you were finishing out your thought there, because it is just absolutely hilarious timing that my first best bet is the team total for the Titans under 26 and a half points Whoa. because the Seahawks, <laughs> the Seahawks only scored 28 on the Colts. The Rams only scored 27 on the Colts. Last time the Titans were at home this season, they scored 13 points. Um, the Titans are they are a run heavy team. They like to win that time of possession. They like to take big chunks out of the clock. At plus one hundred, double your money on the bet. I think that this seems easy to me. It's good. They're going, they're going to be under twenty six and a half look, points. Also, the Colts are going to be running more because they're going to have a backup quarterback in most likely. So to me, it just one hundred percent makes sense that time is going to be run off the clock in this game. And that just leads to the Titans being under 26.5 points. Hey, I, I like this because it has us going against each other. We're, it shows that we don't always think the same. And by the way, and, in this segment, we're going to be going back, keeping track of our bets to, to see who is ahead uh, each week and at the end of the year. Uh, so very similar to the bowl predictions. It's just <laughs> hopefully we'll have better scores on this one than the bowl predictions. All right. So my second one that I have is – you know, for the spread right now on DraftKings, as of today when we're recording this, they have the Titans at minus five on the spread, and that's at minus one ten. I think that is, I think that's a good bet to go with. Okay, because like we talked about, you have Jacob Eason coming in. Yes, both teams are possibly going to be running more. When we get to our keys to the game, you'll understand more of why I think. That is going to be a good bet, but I think the Titans will win by more than five. I agree with you, and you know, you'll know you see more about my opinion on that once we get to the quick hitters and I give my score prediction. Um, I, I do agree with you on that. Um, my second of the best bets is the first half spread, and I'm going to go with the Colts plus three and a half. As long as, they're, as, long as the game is within three points um, at halftime, this bet wins. I mean – to me, it, it seems like a, a little bit of a tricky line for some reason because the, the Titans spread or the, the the spread for the full game, the Titans are favored by five. Now, I feel like there's a very good chance that the Colts are within one field goal at halftime or the game is tied. So to me, that one's kind of stuck out. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all I got to say about it. I think that for the Titans to be favored by five, and then for the Colts to have 
three points of cushion there at halftime. I, something just seems a little bit tricky to me about it. Um, but I like the Colts there. The Colts on the spread for the first half. Um, I mean, to summarize everything pretty much, you've got the over on the Titans total. Mm-hmm. And is there any way we could pop this up on the screen? Uh, we'll do our best to have it up for our YouTube. All right, so you had the Tennessee Titans over the team total of 26.5 points and the Titans on the spread. I had the Colts on the first half spread and the Titans under the 26.5 point total. So hopefully after on the game reaction video, we can come back and – these folks will know who they need to bet with for the rest of the season. <laughs> I mean, really, just because of the Titans over or under on points, exactly, it, that could be the game changer because it's very possible that the Titans do win by more than five and that the Colts keep it within three in the first half. Exactly. So that could be the game changer there. Exactly. That I, I really do think that's going to be the one because I think that both of our other ones will happen and that will be the one that decides – who actually wins this? But um, that I mean, that's been our best bets segment for this first initial episode. Yeah. So that. hopefully you guys like that addition to the show, um, and that we can continue that on because you know DraftKings. So um, <laughs> now we're going to move on to the stat chat for the week. Um, do you have anything that you want to add in before I get started with some of the things that I've added? You go ahead. Okay. And I, I mean, there will obviously be some things to talk about after I throw a lot of this stuff out. Um, but I want to start by talking about um, Derrick Henry. I- I'm actually going to be talking about Derrick Henry for most of this segment here for this week. So I want to talk about his rushing production by direction that he's running in. Okay? okay. So right now, pretty much the way that it stands, the number of rushes that Derrick Henry has had in each direction, I've listed them, uh, and this is just – a segue into this next segment that I'm going, or this next portion that I'm going into here. Um, so he has ran 11 times at the right guard, 10 times at the right tackle, nine times at the center, nine times at the left guard to the outside left, outside of the left tackle. He's ran six times to the left tackle. He's ran five times and to the outside right only twice. So the run left thing from last season has not really stood for this season. He's been running to the right more um, and and obviously into the middle of the line. Um, but to the left, not quite as much. Now, obviously, Taylor LeWan had a terrible game in week one, and they mm-hmm. didn't really get to run Derrick Henry much. And then Taylor LeWan was out. So And then Roger Saffold went down. So that probably has a lot to do with where they were calling their runs to. But Derrick Henry's big run did come back when he went Cut back to the left. And that's what we're going to get into now. Um, Just because he runs to the right side the most doesn't mean that he's necessarily the most productive there. And you did remind everyone of what this segment's called right now, right? The stat chat. All right. I'm just making sure. It's called the stat chat. we got to get that out there now. I know. I know. Um, So that doesn't mean he's he's the most productive going to the right just because he runs there the most often. Actually, the most productive area, obviously, can you guess it? is the left outside because that is 12.8 yards per carry right now going that direction. To the right outside, 6.0 yards per carry going that way. Now, running at the right tackle, 4.6. Left guard, 3.6. The right guard and center, 3.1 and 2.9. I want you to remember those numbers and how much lower they are than the left outside and right outside. 
because, I mean, running at left guard and right guard and center, that's all between three and three and a half yards roughly. That's all pretty much running right up the middle. Um, and then the left tackle is the worst, which kind of explains why they're not running to the left so much at 2.6. So that kind of tells a little bit of a story. But also those stats can be skewed a little bit by his long rushes that he's had. So what I want to look at is the success rate of where he's running to. Okay, and basically what success rate does is it takes into account the down and distance and then how big of a chunk did they take out of that distance versus what down it was. So on first and 10, how much, and this works for pass plays as well, how much would you expect or how much would you want to be taken out of out of that first and 10 chunk for that to be considered a successful play? In I your would, opinion. I would say four yards. Anything over four yards is you know, that's a successful play on first down. Right. That's actually what they've done here. So on first down, um, anything that is 40% over the distance, which would be four yards, anything over four yards is considered a successful play. On second down, anything 60% over the distance is going to be considered successful. Roughly, I mean, that's okay. If it's second and six and you take out four of those yards, that's a successful play. You've got right. three, third and two. And then on third and fourth down – obviously taking out 100% and getting a first down right. is considered successful. So, I mean, under, uh, by those guidelines, I would I think, you know, that's a pretty good measure of a stat there. You know, you're measuring successful plays there. So, when you look at his success rate um based on the down and distance uh and where he is rushing, his best are at center and right guard. Because at center, his success rate is 56%, which is 5% over the league average for running at the center. And then for the right guard, his is 55%, which is only 1% over the league average. But his best over the league average is actually at the right tackle, which is 7% over. So that whole right side, he has significantly better numbers over the average of the league as far as what percentage of his run plays to that side are successful. So on that right side, pretty much no matter what, over half of his plays have been successful. Hmm. Now, the left outside is way down with only a 33% success rate. So that tells you that those long runs are absolutely what skewed his production there uh, with the 12 point whatever yards, the uh, the 12.8 yards per carry there. Those long runs absolutely skewed that 100% because he only has a 33% success rate there. Um, that's 11% below the league average. So while that's a decision that the coaches have to make for themselves, this could potentially not be a great play, but it also has that boom potential. So that's, I mean, it can be justified still to run that direction uh, because sometimes he goes yard when he goes in that direction. Um, so then I want to move down. I mean, that's kind of telling a little bit of a story about Derrick Henry. We've talked a lot about the Titans on first down and mm -hmm. whether or not they should run, whether or not they should pass. So I want to take a look at the Titans on first and tens and what their success rate is on run plays versus pass plays. So basically, what percentage of plays are they getting more than four yards? This is essentially what it's saying. For rushing, the Titans so far on first and ten have ran a total of 28 run plays. 
they've had 13 of those plays be successful for a 46% success rate. For passing, they've also ran 28 plays on first down. That's actually kind of surprising, is it not? It, it is. 19 of those passing plays have been successful for a 68% success rate. So 22% better on pass plays on first down, which kind of, I mean, that backs up what we've been saying, that passing on first down to mix that up is honestly better in some situations. And obviously by the success rate, it is definitely better. And again, not saying they have to do that every first down because you I mean you giving out the 28 times they've ran 28 times they've passed I mean keeping it at that you can get teams guessing and that could help you know get those stats up I mean Derrick Henry's long run against Seattle came on first down Yeah, yeah so you know you you wear the defense down and he can get that big play but you know that that's definitely diving into the stats more and learning a lot of this and it's interesting that you mentioned that that really he's doing better going up the middle because and not knowing those stats when I was talk talking to Brandon and Andrew on a Colts podcast they I told them that I believe Derrick Henry I think they need to run him outside more reason being Seattle and the Rams had a lot of luck with Carson and Henderson when they were getting them on the outside, outside of the left tackle or outside the right tackle. When you're running outside with them, they had more luck because obviously you have um, DeForest Buckner and Leonard right there in the middle, you know, if you're trying to go up the middle. So why run directly at those guys when you can get Henry possibly around the outside and up the field more? And that was just something I mentioned to them that I thought the Titans needed to do is get Henry outside more because I thought he would have more success in this game. And I actually agree with you to some extent there because just because the stats show one thing. Now, granted, his production, his actual yards per carry, they're not the best up the middle. Right. But – I think that a lot of that success rate is coming from situations where it might be second and medium or third and short, and he's knocking out that three, three, four yards on second down, or he's knocking out even that one, two yards on third down, and those are considered successful plays there. Right. So there is a time and place for everything, and just because the stats show one thing, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't exploit a, a defense's weaknesses. Right. So – I definitely think with the Colts' weaknesses on the outside where some of these teams have been able to take advantage, like you mentioned, um, I think that this could be one of those games where you have that boom potential for Derrick Henry. And maybe not even necessarily you can get him to run to the outside, but if you can get him outside on a screen pass, on a swing pass, anything like that, anything that gets him outside away from Darius Leonard, away from DeForest Buckner, and can get him some space, there is that boom potential. Um, right before we end this segment and get into the quick hitters, I also wanted to mention in the same situation on first and 10, the Colts have allowed 68% of successful rushes and 65 of successful passes. So first down is going to be key. I think that they can knock out a huge portion of the distance there on first down. If they can just take advantage of, I mean, a Colts defense that has obviously been, not great on first down. 
man, you have really broke that down. I'm looking forward to this segment going forward to see what else you can come up with because you're really diving into things and breaking it down, you know, more than obviously sitting here listening to you. I get I can grab a better understanding of it, but if I was just watching TV and all of this was thrown out, I might be like, okay. <laughs> I, I did try to put it into some type of format that it, it was a little bit more understandable, especially the way that it flowed through. But, I mean, still, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I like this segment so far. I think it's going to be good going forward. Um, let us know what you think of I this think segment. That, yeah, let us know what you think of these segments. To me, Best Bets is the one that I'm most excited about. I'm excited to keep up with that and see which one of us ends up winning that, just like the bold predictions. And, which, and it's always fun working with DraftKings. Exactly. That's true. Um, you have the lead right now in bold predictions, and I'm going to try to close that gap this week as we go through our quick hitters. But before we get to mine and yours, exactly thing we've been doing this year, we're really enjoying it, is getting our listeners involved and our followers on social media involved and letting them be a part of our quick hitters, our score predictions, bold predictions. So just starting this off, again, my amazing wife, Carrie, wanted to give us one on Twitter. Her bold prediction is that, and it will be Bullock kicking for us again, that he will make all but one kick, and the one kick that he will miss will actually be an extra point. Okay. And her score prediction is she has the Titans winning 30-17. to 17. Now, also on Twitter, we had someone new reply to us. Uh, Canadian Titan, hashtag elite, is his name on there. You can find him on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan. Make sure to go give him a follow. His bold prediction is that Henry is going to have over 200 yards rushing. And his score prediction is Titans 38, Colts 14. Bold. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then we have a real big friend of the show, Titans Rossi. You can find him on Twitter at Titans Rossi. His YouTube, Titans Rossi. Make sure go subscribe to him if you hadn't already. He is putting out really great content. And his bold prediction is that Chester Rogers will make a crucial play in this game. Didn't say whether it was going to be good for the Titans or bad for the (laughs) Titans. Just a crucial play. And that AJ will bounce back with 100-plus receiving yards. Then... Another friend of the show, Levi Kelly, he responded to us on Facebook. He actually sent it to us a couple days ago. We did see see that, Levi, but we appreciate you commenting back again. His bold prediction is Lawan actually blocked someone (laughs) because the last time we seen him out there, he was not doing that. He definitely – he was – refraining from all blocking it it gets even more bold if you think that there's that possibility he may not be out there exactly uh but levi has the titans winning 38 to 10 now before me and you get into ours i did see something else that i wanted to bring up and this is about derrick henry his last five games versus afc south teams so other you know the other teams in the division he has nine touchdowns and 958 yards so you can't make a bold prediction 
about <laughs> Derrick Henry having big numbers because it it's not going to be bold. You that is uh, no, if you make that that cannot be counted towards a score. That's not where my mind is. But I'm going to let you go with. Uh, let's go with our keys to the game. Yeah, that's first. always the order we do, man. Um, it to me it key to the game. It obviously looks like Carson Wentz is not going to play. Um, in that case, just don't beat yourselves. Just make the plays that you need to make. Call the, call the smart plays. Do I mean, you don't have to do anything crazy. You just got to do what works. Uh, don't have to pull any you know tricks out of the hat, anything like that. Just don't beat yourself. Go out and win the game. Good key to the game there. And this game is going to be real important for the Titans because we haven't beat the Colts in Nashville since 2017. Sad. We need a win here, and we need to push them on down, put our foot on their throats, and make them start 0-3 with a division loss. That could be huge going down the line. But Very not- b- brutal there. <laughs> um, well, Got to get Colts fans fired up somehow. Continue, I mean, though. Uh, my key to the game is going to be stopping the Colts' run game. Make, I think if you take that away, there's nothing they can do. Make them have to try and beat you with Jacob Eason. Take their run game away because young quarterback, you know they they have a good running back group. They do. So you know they're going to come in trying to use them, maybe not necessarily just in the run game but also in the pass game. Just get it in their hands and let them make plays. Stop them. Also, don't make it super easy on Eason by bringing the two safeties up too far and let him completely throw over the top. But I 100% agree with you. Um, moving on to the bowl prediction, I hope you're not reading off my notes I, I, over here. No, I, I'm not. Um, do you want me to go first? you want to go first? How, how do you want this to go down? I, I'll go first on the bowl okay. prediction. And, and once again, you're leading one to nothing. It, just just keep, keep, keep throwing the score out there. <laughs> um, I, I want to remain fair. In this, even though sometimes the other part of the bold predictions does not want to remain fair. Oh, um, here we go. By throwing out stuff that's obviously going to come true or, or whatnot. Um, yeah, but I will, I will the, the, come the back one, in a fair way and, and win. The one that I got right was, I mean, just not bold at all, considering if you go back and look at the previous stats that those guys had. But we'll get on to this week. My bold prediction is I've already mentioned A.J. Brown is going to have that bounce-back game. He's going to end up with three touchdowns. Okay, see, that's bold. Um, I- I'll let you have that one. And I'm just I'm going to leave it as three touchdowns because I got burnt last year when they played in Indianapolis, and I think I said he was going to have three touchdowns, but I specifically made them receiving touchdowns, and he returned a freaking kickoff for a touchdown, and it didn't count for me. Oh, the onside kick. I remember yes. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mine is actually also going to include a kick return. Uh, Chester Rogers is going to return a punt or a kickoff or put a missed field goal, something. He's going to return something for a touchdown. Okay. Kick, punt, or missed field goal. Now all that's left is our score predictions. And this is where I, I am going to agree with you on one of your best bets. The Titans will win by five. Or more well, technically, if it was five, it'd be a push. But whatever, um, <laughs> they will by will win by more than five. Um, it's going to be twenty six to twenty Titans. Some of the score predictions for earlier that those were high scoring games. Um, and, I believe it's going to be twenty six twenty. And my game is still going to be 
a little bit high scoring. I'm going to say, I've, I said this on Power Hour show earlier this week. Also, make sure to go check him out. He's a good friend. We're going to have to get him on the show sometime. I said this on a Colts podcast. I'm going to continue with it. I have the Titans winning this game 31-17. to 17. That's a big gap there. Big I, I gap think, in the score. I think the Titans find a way to slow the Colts' run game down enough that they force Eason to try and beat them, and they make the Colts pay because of that. Okay. That's all I've got for this show. Don't know if you have anything else to add in. That's it. Guys, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed everything. Let us know what you think about the new segments. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up. Tighten up.